0: Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Biana,
1: And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter 12 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Mirror of Erised.
0: Some announcements and reminders we want this podcast to be interactive and we want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag wizardteam on Twitter and you can also tag us at weblackandnerds if you would like to, um, to follow along.
1: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? You should think about that, wonder about that, and then write about that, mm-hmm. and then submit that thought and writing to us at Black Girls Nerd Out. We are starting a project called Hogwarts BSU, as in Black Student Union, where we will take a collection of stories, fan art, music, whatever your creative minds desire, and share what it would be like being a Black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out the website for the guidelines.
0: Um, also, if you have any like ideas that aren't fully formed, feel free to email us, weblackandnerds at gmail.com we're down to like kind of workshop ideas and stuff or if I would be cool if I could like get my brain around it and actually work on it that's my goal for this week um bless you is to kind of think around like making some kind of workshop like online I don't know how that'll work so I have to just think about it um just think maybe we can like do it together and write posters at least even if it's just like talking about it sometimes it helps to just talk it out and then you Figure out what you're going to write about.
1: Yeah, um, we definitely want this though to be bigger than just the two of us, and we want to see what all of you Potterheads have thought about. Yeah, putting yourselves in this world.
0: And that's kind of why we haven't like started it because we have posts, but we have a blog where we write our thoughts. So <laughs> the point is for this to be a little bit more like interactive and like community based um and stuff
1: collaborative
0: yes that was the word i was looking for i was gonna say communal and i was like that sounds like you're sharing water um <laughs> anyway sorry i celebrate kwanzaa so then we it's like
1: are the, sharing the unity cup we are sharing the water of potter. The potter, water. <laughs> the potter
0: water potter water that sounds like okay anyway it sounds like um, a cult
1: thing this is not a cult thing you do not have to drink the kool-aid
0: or the potter water. <laughs> or the potter water.
1: You might want to drink some fire whiskey.
0: Swarm warm your insides.
1: It's maybe cold. some... What is it? I just lost it. Butterbeer. Butterbeer.
0: Oak matured mead. There's so many things. Anyway, um, you can also subscribe to our newsletter. We share nerd news and links about what's been going on. Um, so if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. It's not Harry Potter exclusive, there's some Harry Potter stuff, if there is Harry Potter news, and then there's, like, lots of other things that we like to talk about and, and we nerd out about. Yeah, it um, is
1: a pop culture, nerd-centric yeah. newsletter. I
0: just realized that by the time this episode comes out, I'm pretty, ju- pretty sure Jessica Jones is about to be out, Oh yeah, Hunger Games is about to be out, Yeah, like, there's a lot of things happening.
1: So, um, if you want to stay Star-list, on top of it... Always
0: Star Wars news, because that's about to come out. Like, freaking apparently in Britain, they have like, the last two Hobbits, plus like four MCU movies on Netflix. So, if you have the um, Ola extension, you should check that out.
1: If you have an extension that helps, helps you change <laughs> what country code you're in, you can you can, you can that do out. that. It doesn't have to be a specific extension, and... To Mr. CIA NSA person, we just want you to know that while we appreciate your service to our country, we do think the country codes are stupid. Um, So there's that. But they're listening. Okay. They're always listening. (laughs) Literally, you and I both have strips over our... We camera. My
0: mom just found out, oh my God, I felt kind of bad, but then also it was hilarious. She just found out that people can like hack into your cameras I from how to get away with murder. Yeah, right? from how to get away with murder, because that like is a thing mm-hmm. that happens in the in one of the most recent episodes. And she was like, they can do that? I was like, that's been a thing for like a cool minute. But then I realized she hasn't had a laptop in that long for that, or at least like she didn't have a laptop with a camera until recently. So it makes sense that she didn't know it, but I was still like And off I was like, that's like, why I have this thing. Like just, hilariously like, She is like
1: clueless about certain things.
0: It's weird.
1: Hilarious Because she's
0: not that old.
1: And she's very cool. And
0: she's very cool until it comes to technology and then she's like twenty years older than she actually is.
1: She literally is. It's like
0: She's never used PowerPoint before.
1: I, I got paid for that. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <I> like <laughs>
0: alright. Yeah, just I'll like just do it. And she was
1: like, no, I'll pay you. And I was like, well, I'm not going to say no to paying you. <laughs> she but. doesn't
0: remember, like, passwords. Like, she literally, one time, she changed <laughs> her, um, the password to her, to something. I think it might have been her, no, it was to her Apple ID. She changed her Apple ID password. And before, I was the person who had it because I remembered it. She changed it. And I was like, what is it? She's like, oh, I'm not telling you. I was like, all right, that's cool. And then later, she's like, oh, I can't get into my Apple ID. I was like, well, that's why you should have told somebody. <laughs> And then maybe you wouldn't be locked out, and you could buy your apps,
1: or just write it down. Or just
0: mind. write it down, but like you know, my mind steel trap, so,
1: which is annoying. But
0: it confuses me because sometimes I'm like, I just say things, and I'm like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know, but
1: but um, if you don't have a steel trap of a mind, and you want to just keep in touch with things. Sign up for our newsletter and we'll give it to you in a nice little, in a roundabout. yeah, in a nice little package of, ooh, it looks like the Cowboys are about to score. Robin. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, nice little round newsletter. Okay. And please follow us on Twitter at We Black and Nerds. Like us on Facebook at Black Girls Nerd Out. This is episode 12. Y'all know the drill. We're on Instagram. We're on Tumblr. We're not on Snapchat because we got lives. It's got to stop at some point. We have the newsletter. We have the the website, blackgirlsnerdout.com. We're always on Twitter, at Robin underscore Ravenclaw, at Yana underscore Hallows. Just hit us up. Talk Potter. Talk not Potter. Talk Yama, fix your life.
0: Not with me. Talk that with
1: me. I love it. You can talk like... Naruto. With Biana,
0: or like Fetty Wap, or like that I don't shit. I Yeah. Have you seen?
1: No, you Fat don't
0: even know scoop. what dabbing is. Davin's Whatever. Davin. I don't like regularly. Talk Whoever
1: about Fat man, man Scoop is. Whatever. Kick that over to Biana. Anyway, talk to me about Grizzly Bear and Local Natives. Great bands, but this is getting out of control again. So you know, you know the drill, though. Like we're here, we're open to talk. We have feelings. We like when you have feelings. We like to share feelings together. It's very all collaborative here, guys. Be our friends. <laughs> I like having friends. We
0: say all of this to say. Literally all of our all of our um introduction. <laughs>
1: before we actually go into be our friends, the, guys. The whole point of this that there's a theme behind this whole thing, and it is be our friend. <laughs> but also be our friend online, because we're introverts and we like, you know, quiet time, So
0: it's true. That's very true. Um, all right. Um, no news. This is another timey-wimey episode because we like to, like, be productive and get our job done, and Robin doesn't feel well. I don't
1: feel well, so. and I have a very big week next week, and I, who's to say how it goes? So, I mean, I'm hoping that this is the end of this not feeling well, because this is bullshit. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for this sickness nonsense. No. Ugh. Anyway,
0: um, so yeah, so timey wimey, wibbly wobbly, we're we two have... we're two weeks behind. When we go to episode thirteen, you will um we'll get more news. Yeah, there, yeah
1: um it's awesome. But if you want to know the latest news, just check out our our, our Twitter. newsletter, our and Twitter, our, and our newsletter, and our newsletter. It's all there. So let's hop into chapter twelve, the mirror of Erisad. So when we last left. Um our friend when we last left Hogwarts <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Right. previously on
0: Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know if you want to start doing that
1: now, but So do I. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. Okay, but
0: previous, We'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> previously on Harry Potter, Sorcery Stone, it was November and they were playing Quidditch and we've jumped a full month. Christmas month is, and a half. Month I'm and a half. Christmas at least is coming. First. Um, Yeah. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Christmas was coming. One morning in mid-December, Hogwarts woke to find itself covered in several feet of snow. The lake froze solid and the Weasley twins were punished for bewitching several snowballs so that they followed Quirrell around bouncing off the back of his turban. The back of his turban? The front of Voldemort's face.
0: I low-key wanted to make them the real MVP for this chapter just because of that.
1: The one sentence? I would have been okay with that. Yeah.
0: But we'll get to who my real MVP is yeah. and why. But, like, that was, they were a very close second. Yeah. We'll just say that.
1: So, no one could wait for the holidays to start. Um, everyone's getting itchy. Oh, it wait, was, time out. Well,
0: a few owls that managed to battle their way through the stormy sky to Livermail had to be nursed back to health by Hagrid before they could fly off again. Feel better, owls. Y'all are you still y'all have the a real. Hard job. Yeah,
1: you're still the, like, overall superstars of the Wizarding World, I just need you to stop knocking bacon off the table and you know, feathers and stuff all up yeah. in, in my food. But other than that, I mean, I don't want you to get sick. Yeah. Which also just reminds you that they are in like Upper Scotland. In the highlands of Scotland. Right. That
0: and the fact that they're not like inanimate objects, that they're actually living beings. Cause you know what I mean? Like so who in their right mind was sending their owls out in a snowstorm? You're
1: horrible. You're benched. Well they had the mail don't stop. Neither rain, sleet, snow. Okay,
0: but they can shine. That's what I'm saying. We have like trucks, and while they don't fly and aren't like, I don't know, intelligent life forces, at least we're not killing them.
1: But we have people that are working on those trucks during the holidays.
0: But trucks are warm and 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 have air conditioning. I mean, air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) They have that too, they have heat. Yeah. And they have, like, windows and things so you can get away from the wind and you can, the snow. Yeah, you can
1: be out of the... Well, of the owls conditions. have awesome feathers and, you know, they're they're built for it. It's just that if they have to take a long journey... Listen, just I don't want to... possibly wait
0: until after the storm's over.
1: Yeah, I don't want to, like, debate the... No, it's really... Not- <laughs> but, you know, yeah. don't... I'm just saying, like... I'm just saying I don't know what I was saying... <laughs> Um. Let's move on. Yeah. Mhm. I agree. Um.
0: So again, so while the Gryffindor common room and the Great Hall ha- ha- had ro- roaring fires, the drafty corridors had become icy, and a bitter wind rattled the windows of the classrooms. Worst of all were Professor Snape's classes down in the dungeons. Where their breasts, breath rose in a mist before them and they kept as close as possible to their hot cauldrons. I'm just like, why don't you have a heating system? I saw Or a
1: fireplace. I mean, I understand though in potions, it's like you don't want to add extra fire. Yeah. Around
0: But it yeah. But
1: you're it's magical, dude. Like, let's have some like non burning burning bricks or something that they can sit on or
0: yeah, there's just ways. It doesn't have to be like actual fire, but like some kind of way to make it so that they're not freezing. How do you? How can you really think if you're if you're frozen?
1: You know, I just think that Snape enjoys torturing children.
0: Well, it's not just him. I mean, like his is definitely worse, but like
1: it's, it's cold like, an and like yeah. But I mean, like I don't know. I feel like it's different with like hallways and stuff. I remember like in school when it was snowing and we had to walk from building to building well, that's outside. and you have, but like what I'm saying is like you have to go outside and then you run inside. But the hallways were always colder than like the classrooms. Cause like certain yeah. people like their class is hot. Some like them' cold, you know, it's just one of those weird things.
0: Well, at least the, classrooms need
1: heat. The, no. the, the idea that you're like actually like, Clamoring around your cauldron for heat and right. warmth, and not like to be doing your homework, right. is a problem. They're not,
0: and I just mean you're like, not getting
1: the best out of like, your students that way. No,
0: not at all. I and mean, my thing is like it's just like a huge ass castle, so that's just a thing they made. Maybe should have thought about yeah. <laughs> in the planning, but maybe not. Um, and then here comes Draco being an asshole for no reason. I do feel so sorry for all those people who have to stay at Hogwarts for Christmas because they're not wanted at home. Like, shut up. There's
1: nothing to do with you. I love this explanation, though. Um, Malfoy had been much, even more unpleasant than usual since the Quidditch match. match. Disgusted that the Slytherins had lost. He had tried to get everyone laughing at how a wide-mouthed tree frog would be replacing Harry as Seeker next. Then he realized that nobody found this funny because they were also impressed at the way that Harry managed to stay on his fucking broomstick. So Malfoy, jealous and angry had gone back to taunting Harry about having no proper family. Which is, like, if that's all that you can taunt this kid about, then you can't taunt him about much, so calm the F down.
0: Okay, so back to Malfoy being salty. Yeah, like,
1: what kind of person taunts someone because their parents are dead? Like, A, that's not Harry's, like, Harry didn't do that. Nope. He has not he had no say in that. He can't help that. And B, like, you what do you get? What do you get from that? Like it doesn't make like we said, like, Malfoy and Harry are basically on equal footing. So when Malfoy, it's like when Aminopta's eye is like, oh, I have an infinity. And I'm like, you do? (laughs) You pay Carno? Like, when did you get an infinity? Right.
0: Well, honestly, she, and it's, it's not exactly the same, because she only says it because that's the only kind of car that she knows, because that's the kind of car my mom has. No, I know. But, but I it's just, more, like, oh, in terms of, like, um... No, but
1: it's... it's the like
0: association. Like yeah, no, but it's,
1: it's her... That's my car right. type of thing. And it's, like, kind of, because, yes, it's a car that you ride in, and, like...
0: Like, she doesn't it's, realize that but, it's, like, that that meat, that that's, like, a, she doesn't know, like, that's a luxury car and, like, it costs more money than, like, a regular, like, mm-hmm. Nissan or something. But, no, no, no. I'm not even saying that. I'm not money.
1: even saying that. I'm just saying, yeah. like, she assumes that, like, that it's her possession, but it's, like, she doesn't know that that costs money Right. in general. Like, she just doesn't know that, like, certain things cost, like, more than, you know, like, certain things are unaffordable, certain things are more expensive, She doesn't, I don't think she even really has like the com- concept of like
0: she barely knows what money is yeah,
1: of like what money is so for, and also like it's hers because she gets to share the benefits of this car because that's the car that she rides around in and you know her car seat is in there, mm-hmm. but it's not her car, the no. like name on the car note is not Aminata, like <laughs> she has no, she didn't like, she didn't put in on this
0: That car's been around for longer than... Before it was even thought of, literally.
1: Yeah, but (laughs) the idea, too, is, like, yeah, okay, Malfoy, you have money, but, like, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything to get that money. Like, you just Mm -hmm, happened to be born...
0: Into that. Into
1: that wealth. So, like, you mocking Ron for not having money doesn't say anything about you, and it doesn't say anything about Ron. It just happens to be, like the circumstances you find yourself in, Mm -hmm. and you having a family, a proper family, and Harry not having a proper family doesn't say anything about you, it doesn't say anything about Harry, it's just the circumstances that you find yourself in. Now, if you want to talk about Harry's intellect, or being clumsy, or, you know, like, what, something that is, like, you're uniquely... him just not
0: being an asshole, like, Draco is. Yeah. Like that, the fact that Draco's worried about him not having a proper family and about him having more money than the Weasleys says more about him than the fact that he actually has more money and that he actually has a family.
1: Yeah, but it also, it's just, like, so you have nothing to actually, like, taunt Harry with, so then you default to these things that have nothing actually to do with him. Right. And and i just think that it shows a lot that um about what malfoy places worth in um but it also just shows a lot about the fact that like they're eleven cuz when they get i think as the books go along they get a little bit more like malfoy starts to take on a little bit more snape of like oh you are so arrogant and you think that like because you have this name you're entitled to do all these things or whatever and you get treated differently mm-hmm. Um, Which is a valid critique, I think. Like, we can already start here with the fact that, like, Harry has, you know, gotten away with riding the broomstick and didn't get expelled and then also got away with going to meet Malfoy for the Midnight Duel. Like, he's gotten away with a couple of things you could say because of his name. That's not true. But, like, you could use that. And that is, to me, a more valid, like, place to taunt, then oh you don't have family. Cause it's like I don't know, I just think you have to be a special kind of asshole to make fun of someone for being an orphan. Yeah. Especially when they're orphaned as like a baby and it's not like uh Menendez brothers shot my parents in the eye or whatever. Like he didn't do and
0: still it's like it's still a problem.
1: Like, yeah, I mean there's no there like there is no proper time to mock someone for having dead parents, but on top of that, when their parents die in a violent way that had nothing to do with them, it's even more shitty.
0: Yeah.
1: So, that was my thought on um, the Malfoy talk
0: it's okay, not like Malfoy's not looking, like, not Malfoy's uh, making fun of Harry, but the fact that Harry's not going back home is great. He didn't feel sorry for himself at all. This would probably be the best Christmas he'd ever had. Ron and his brothers were staying too because Mister and Missus Weasley were going to Romania to visit Charlie. So he's chilling.
1: He's, he's super he's excited chilling. about we're it. My
0: family, I mean, remember my homies. Yeah, I got family. My yeah, um, I'm at Hogwarts like at Christmas. I'm gonna get
1: to eat all I want. Right. I might even get like you know, a, like he wasn't even thinking about presents, but he's like, you know, I'm gonna get some snacks. Right. I get to play, like, get the comfy chairs in the common room. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember like. One time I stayed at school, I don't know what it was for. I think it was, like, it just happened that, like, most of the girls in my floor freshman year were from Indiana. and So, they all went home for, like, homecoming. It was some weird thing, some weird weekend where, like, half of my floor was gone. And it was awesome. Keep in mind, I had the single room. Like, I was already chilling. because. You know, I didn't fuck with people that way, so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna get a single. My brother was like, what's wrong with you? But whatever. That's neither here nor there. But, the, when, like, the dorm room was empty, it was so nice. I was like, bathroom. Yeah. Anyone I want to, I don't have that awkwardness of someone, like, being naked right next to me in the stall. Like, you know, like, you don't yeah. see them, but you know they're there. <laughs> and then you have to, like, walk, like, put your towel on, and then put your clothes on when you're still, like, not fully dry, because you just yeah. feel weird walking even across the hallway in your towel. Like, the whole like thing. I was just like lounging. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, Harry's Harry's fine. And I think that also, like, helps the taunting because it's like, it's annoying and, like, Malfoy is doing too much. But, you know, all things being equal, Harry, it's, Harry's not bothered because, you know, he's winning. Right,
0: basically.
1: So, um. they. Left the dungeons at the end of potions and found a big fir a large fir tree blocking the corridor and two enormous feet sticking out the bottom. It was Hagrid carrying in a which is weird, it's a fir tree, cause we do pine trees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or it's fur a kind of pine. Let me see.
0: I don't know. Hashtag Google. Google it. Oh yeah, no, it's like yeah, it's a kind of uh evergreen.
1: Okay. Um But anywho, um, so they are, it looks like a traditional Christmas tree, so maybe they are, I don't know why I thought Christmas trees are pine trees. No, they're similar. Okay.
0: They're both coniferous. Shout out to the four years I spent in an environmental science small school and high school. Shout out to that.
1: Well then, um, I just totally lost my spot because she's talking about about carnivorous Carnivorous. (laughs)
0: Like, Carn- carnivorous,
1: carnivorous. <laughs> All right, you're I talking was talking
0: about like, the tree.
1: Yeah, Hagrid was carrying this meat-eating tree. Um, sorry, guys, my brain. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Ron is like, "Hey, you want any help?" And then Malfoy's like, "Oh, you're trying to get some extra money, hoping to be gamekeeper yourself when you leave Hogwarts," I suppose. That hut at haggard might seem like a palace compared to where your family these two. Shut up. Like no,
0: none of that makes. Like, just be like, excuse me, can I get around? Thanks. See you around. Like that's it. You don't have to say yeah. anything else. You, you don't even have to say in the see way. See you around. you just excuse me, and then keep going. That's yeah, it. there was no reason for any of that. It's
1: at just, all. and I mean, I guess this like comes back to like our thing about just not really understanding bullying in general, which. I know it happens. I know that there are bullies and there are people that, like, take pleasure in, like, pointing out the differences between people or whatever, but it's just, like, really? Whatever. So, Ron dives at Malfoy and Snape comes up the stairs. Weasley and Hagrid tries to um, protect him, saying he was provoked, Professor. Malfoy was insulting his family. Be that as it may, fighting is... Against Hogwarts rules, Hagrid. Five points from Gryffindor, Weasley, and be grateful it isn't more. Move along, all of you. And I feel like that is actually a proper teacher response. And I wonder if it's caged that way because Hagrid is standing right there.
0: Well, I think think that it's a proper response. But I think at the same time, there's still a, like, Favoring of yeah of Malfoy you- because you could take like Ron sure like you shouldn't fight and so maybe you need your points taken away but Malfoy said some really awful things and he probably needs his some points taken away from him too um, I think also it shows like Hagrid I mean I know Hagrid's not technically a teacher yet but he's like not really respected yeah
1: um,
0: so even though he's there and he's an adult and he saw the whole thing his point of view doesn't matter or like his like I don't want to say testimony because it sounds like you're court, but yeah, just his like, advocacy doesn't matter in that moment. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think and like, obviously, he also has like some, um, bias as well, but I don't know. Yeah,
1: I feel like not that Snape is scared of Hagrid's being there, um, but knowing that Hagrid does have Dumbledore's ear, and maybe he doesn't even acknowledge Hagrid's relationship with Dumbledore versus his relationship with Dumbledore, he probably thinks, like, well, like, me and Dumbledore are closer or whatever. But just that, that idea that, like... It's just, I think, must... A, I don't understand his treatment of children in general, but it's kind of like the Dursley thing. Like, when other people are watching, you tone it down, because exactly. you know you're wrong. So, but yeah, and also... There is still some favoring because Malfoy didn't get any punishment, but then in the scheme of things, you know, words versus violence or physical right. violence. Um, I mean,
0: not saying they need the same number of points. They don't no. take away very many points anyway. But
1: yeah, but I just think that it was take kind five of
0: five from Ron, take three from Malfoy. Yeah, that's fair.
1: And then Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle pushed roughly past the tree, scattering needles everywhere and smirking. And it's just like the thing that Snape doesn't catch. Or maybe he does catch and just doesn't care about. Is that every time he does that and every time he shows favoritism, it provokes Malfoy to behave even worse. Oh no, know,
0: he knows that. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Mm-mm. Lucius is his homie. Like he's really not
1: tripping. But I don't know. I never thought of like Lucius as being Snape's homie. I mean, obviously he's honestly, like, he's, his like closer. Or
0: like his. Like, yeah, I
1: mean, obviously he's like closer to that. He's
0: someone he respects.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like even if you're okay with Malfoy bullying a kid that you don't like, or, you still are raising, like, a shitty person. Yeah. You're helping him become shittier. But that's not
0: what he's think. Like, Snape is a shitty person, so his, like, idea of what's shitty and who's, like, a bad person is very skewed.
1: I guess so. Um... And then we get to Ron being like, I'll get him, grinding his teeth as Malfoy at Malfoy's back. One of these days, I'll get him. And Harry says, I hate them both, Malfoy and Snape. It's just like strong words from some 11 year old kids, but also like.
0: They're terrible.
1: They're terrible. And they're at this point now, they've been September, October, November, December, four months at Hogwarts. And these two have been basically like on their backs the entire four months and they're, they're over it. Yeah. And I get it. I totally get it. But also I'm with Hagrid cheer up. It's nearly Christmas. Tell you what, come with me and see the great hall looks a treat.
0: Yep. So they go to the great hall where professor McGonagall and professor Flitwick are helping with the Christmas decorations. Um, so Hagrid works on that. Um, and so Hagrid asks how many days you got left till your, until your holidays. Just one, said Hermione, and that reminds me. Harry, Ron, we've got a half hour before lunch. We should be in the library. Um. Oh, yeah, you're right. So they're, like, going to the library, basically because ever since Hagrid mentioned Nicholas Flamel, they've been trying to figure out who he is. Again, none of your business, but whatever. I love how, obviously, this was the um, Hermione's idea to look in a book because, like, just because, like, the thing is, is, like, yeah, Nicholas Flamel is, like, famous and, like, he happens to be in a book. But, technically, for all they know, he's just Dumbledore's friend. So, not everyone is just, like, logged in a book with, like, all the things that they do. So, I mean, at least not in Hogwarts, most likely. Um, so, yeah like, a similar thing, like, when they were looking up the Half-Blood Prince and she just found, like, a random article about Snape's mom who she didn't know was Snape's mom. So, she's, like, so reliant on, like, books being able to... Like, of, like the library holding the answer to everything when like some people could, I mean obviously Nicholas Flamel isn't obscure, we'll find out in the next chapter, but he could have just been some obscure dude who wasn't important enough to be in a library but that would have sucked for them because they would have just been searching for how long
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you think okay, all things being equal it's, he's a friend of Dumbledore's, something that they did to, something that we just he know that between the two Something of them. that's between the two of them is dangerous and or valuable enough to be held and hidden in Hogwarts. So this guy must have done something worth being written about is like their train of thought, I assume. But like we've pointed out many times in this book, um, and we will continue to point out many times in this series, a lot of times their logic doesn't add up. Like, not all things equal Like the conclusion that they jump to. Um, also, though, it's just kind of silly, too, to have this name and they will mention later that they decided not to ask Madam Pence um, for help. But it's like, I don't know how wizarding libraries work, but Libraries have a system. There is a systematic system for these things. There are ways to figure out what book has what information that you need without just randomly opening books. Well, I
0: think it's because they only know the name. So they don't know what he would... You know what I mean? So there's like... I'm sure the way it's like... I mean, obviously, I don't know, but... And, you know, obviously, they don't have computers, so they can't, like, look up a search term or something, but... Um,
1: but they have a librarian but who not, is a problem, and they've decided they are, they are not are going not using to. Her. Yes,
0: if they were using her, I'm sure like she may know where she probably would because Nicholas Schmidl is pretty famous, <laughs> so she would know how to help them. But um, yeah, I think because they decided to go it alone, which they do often, and sometimes it's a good idea and sometimes it's not. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing to, to really. They don't know what to do because it's just a name. You don't know what. He, like, studies. You don't know anything about... You don't even know where he lives. Like, nothing. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. That
0: just... Yeah.
1: But... I don't know. I feel like you can... From just a name... I'm trying to think about... Like, I never had to do the card system that... um, They're probably working off of. I'm assuming. Because we have computers. But even with, like, the... I have... Some librarian friends, speaking of which the librarians comes on in about two hours. I'm excited. <laughs> Anywho, neither here nor there. I have some librarian friends. I'm going to, I'm curious and I'm just going to ask them. I'm pretty sure you can look up a name in a system, like in the in the system of the library, how the Dewey Decimal System works and how the, credit, the card cataloging works. You can look up a name and still get, it's like the No,
0: but we don't know that
1: they use that system. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying, like, I don't know what the wizarding system is, but there seems like if even the muggles have come up with... I mean, they talk about, like, oh these things that you muggles come up with, how clever. But, like, if even the muggles have come up with a system to make it a little bit easier to find what you need to find with minimal information... There's
0: probably some way and they just don't know, but also, like, I mean, there are certain things that are in the... Wizard world that are pretty like archaic, like the fact that they use quills and they don't have and not pens or yeah, like, just like really basic things. Like yeah, there's certain things that they that they have where you would assume, or like even the fact that they like use owls instead of email, like just you know what I mean. So it's like certain things that they have. That while they have magic, that other things aren't quite as developed as they it's are. It's like
1: yet. the tradition um, of doing these things is what keeps it going right. instead of, and, the, instead the, of like and setting themselves apart. Exactly. Um, like the French, which, this is a great story, and yep. it's a bit of a tangent, but it's a really quick one. It's a really quick one. So okay. we, we don't have, like, this the, the advent of technology, there's all of these new terms that we've had to come up with, and there aren't, like, words for them, like email, electronic mail. So in French, for a long time, they would say email, and then just email, and with their little accent, but it was, that was the word, because there was no French word for email. French has, like, a council of that, like, it's, like, the keeper of the language, basically. And, like, they say, like, what is a French word or, like, the acceptable French word. And they're very, like, in, their whole purpose is to be very, like, pure and keep the language pure. And, you know, all the things that you would think the French are about. Um, well, the French Canadians started calling email "courriel." which is like "courrier," which is the French word for mail. And Mm -hmm. then they added an E L on the ax for electronic. And so the French adopted that word, which is a longer word than email because it sounded more French than email. I love the French. They're basically the wizards of muggle kind. They just (laughs) do shit to stand out and be different. And they want to remain French, French, um, French. <laughs> so let's move on. I love I love the French, and what can I say? Um, I just
0: said French.
1: <laughs> French. Um, that's not how they would say. My brain is tired. Because there's
0: Actually, a French word for French so The fact that you said French with the French accent is hella funny to me. I'm French. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so. Um, so Hagrid's irritated because they're like looking for um, Nicholas Flamel. Um, so it said they had indeed been searching books for Flamel's name ever since Hagrid had let it slip. Because how else were they going to know, or how else were they going to find out what Snape was trying to steal?
1: But also, like shout out to Hagrid because you, a Harry, you didn't have to tell Hagrid you were looking for like Nicholas Flamel's name. You, they just, were just gloating. you were just
0: gloating. You're just
1: gloating, and you're just doing that. I mean, maybe you're just doing that because I, you're 11, but you're like, he, Harry told him brightly, like he was just like being a problem for no reason.
0: Like, no, guess what we're doing.
1: <laughs> we're doing something that you wouldn't approve of.
0: Hey, but you can't do nothing.
1: And so when Hagrid's like, drop it, it's like, drop it. Just, it not just drop it. Just drop it. Like you guys know, ooh, there's a secret happening in the Staying castle. Stay
0: in your lane. Okay, so then we have like rules. What was the first? There was one like not everything has to be a thing. Yeah. There was a uh, cheap like the karma one. There was a word for that, but this one also treat
1: people the way you want to be treated or get a snake or
0: get a snake. There was another one too. Also, just stay in your lane. <laughs> just stop, Harry, Harry. They all just they swerving. Swerving. Nobody can get around them.
1: Just all over the land. Just all
0: over the place.
1: And it's like, also like, what kind of convoluted, self-confident sense of self do you have that you think that you three 11-year-olds are better at protecting this thing- Than your teachers? Than your teachers. You guys got this, and you- Dumbledore needs you. You are the only hope. Yep. You're the one true hope. <laughs> Apparently. <coughs> Just stop. Just Stop. I'm just nosy.
0: Again, he's going to regret this in like four years when he like, in Order of Things, when he has that blow up and he's like, I've done all these things. Okay, but half of those you didn't actually have to do. So no one asked
1: you. Learn from Minerva. Just, just because you can be a cat sitting on a wall all day, nobody asked you. <laughs> it's not, nope, you did that on your own. You don't get a cookie for doing something that nobody asked nor wanted you to do.
0: Okay, so we're like 40 minutes into this, and
1: On we have chapter a three. Lot to
0: go. Yes. Okay. so quick quick thing. So they're like looking, they've been looking around the library. Harry thinks about going to the restricted section, but knows that he can't because only older students studying advanced defense against the dark arts um, are allowed to go in there. Um, so then... Madame
1: Pence catches him staring at the restricted session, and he gets and kicked he gets out. He
0: kicked out. He doesn't really
1: get kicked out so much as he...
0: He just... It wasn't quick on his feet, so she, he's like, she's like, nah, you gotta go. Yeah. Um, he little suspicious. Um, and then Hermione joins him later They go to lunch. Um, you will keep looking while I'm away, won't you, said Hermione, and send me an owl if you find anything, and you can ask your parents if they know who Flamel is, said Ron. It'd be safe to ask them. Very safe, as they're both dentists, said Hermione. <laughs> Exactly
1: Ron. So then once um, the holiday started, ADWD kicked in, which is adult deficit wizarding disorder. Rod and Harry were having too good of a time to think much about Flamel. They had the dormitory to themselves, the common room was empty, so they were able to get good armchairs by the fire. They were plotting ways to get Malfoy expelled, which were fun to talk about even if they wouldn't work. Boys.
0: Um, Ron started teaching Harry wizard chess. And Ron is basically a boss at Wizard Chess. He really is.
1: And it's actually the same thing as Muggle Chess, which I don't know how to play, but I've always wanted to learn. Um, Except that the pieces move themselves. The figures are alive and move themselves. So it was more like directing troops in battle, even though the rules are the same. Right. And Harry played with chessmen that Seamus had lent him, but they didn't trust him at all. And he wasn't a very good player. So they kept shouting different bits of advice to him. Which confused him. Um they backseat chess playing. Um, don't send me there. Can't you see his knight? Send him. We can afford to lose him. <laughs>
0: so yeah, basically Um Harry is the Christopher or uh, no Charles Lee of the of the chess game.
1: I'm a general.
0: Yay! Whee! Um
1: and Ron gets to be uh, Washington in that Nah, scenario. Lafayette. I'm Chicken James. <laughs> okay, stop, stop, stop. I can like half do that. No. I can only do that half of the time. I can
0: do it now because I read the um, lyrics, and so now they're like in my
1: head. And so I know the lyrics, but I can't. I can still can't. It's half. still difficult. It's... I still mess up. How it's... does David David do that with the accent? Not David. Dave. David Diggs.
0: She said to David David. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> bad. I'm pissed. Okay. Um, so on Christmas Eve, um, Harry went to bed looking forward to the next day for the food and fun, but not expecting any presents at all. Um, when he woke in the morning, however, the first thing he saw was a small pile of packages at the foot of his bed.
1: And like, Harry's so sweet, and like, I mean, we just talked about all this stuff about like you know, stay in your lane and you're a problem. And he is all of those things, but he's also just a really sweet kid. Mm-hmm. He's excited just for the atmosphere of Christmas um, without expecting anything. He gets a thick brown paper scrawled across it to Harry from Hagrid. Inside was a roughly cut wooden flute that Hagrid had whittled himself. When he blew it, it sounded like an owl. I want one. Mm-hmm. I, Robin Jordan... Um, want one. the
0: second very small parcel contained a note. We received your message and enclosed your Christmas present from Uncle Vernon and Opportunity. Tape to the note was a 50 pence piece. Like, okay. And then Harry's like, that's friendly. So he was really, like, not expecting anything from them at all. So the fact that he got something from them, he's like, alright, they're being nice. Like, it's not even, yeah. like, a. I
1: I want to do the Google... Can you go on Google and do the, um... However much a 50 cent piece is? But I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they sent him, like, 36 cents in the mail... Um, but still like you know that's nice it would it would make more sense if they were old and they knew that they weren't sending him like or and they didn't realize like they weren't sending him any money you know like when you're like grandmother's like take this five dollars don't spend it all in one place and you're like the grandma like five dollars doesn't get you anything anymore um they knew that they sent him 50 cents or
0: 76
1: cents 76 cents
0: not even a dollar
1: like, the postage costs more. Yep. But anyway. But he was still like, that's friendly. And Ron was so, like, fascinated by the muggle money that Harry just let him keep it because it's not...
0: It's not important to him. Like, can't even
1: go to Gringotts and get it an exchange for anything. The goblins would be like, that's not even worth my time. No. Get us, get some more money and then maybe we'll talk.
0: Um, so then, uh... Harry he goes, uh, Haggard and my aunt and uncle, so who sent these? I think I know who that one's from, said Ron, turning a bit pink and pointing to a very lumpy parcel. My mom, I told her you didn't expect any presents and, oh no, she made you a Weasley sweater. A I Weasley love her so sweater! Much. I want a Weasley sweater. I want a Weasley sweater! She's the best. Um, so she, he got a thick, hand knitted sweater in emerald green and a large box of homemade fudge. And then Ron, of course, but, like, this is a very, like, it's a very interesting contrast, I think, because while Harry is, like, really just, like, grateful and really, like, happy that Mrs. Weasley made him this sweater, Ron, on the other hand, is, like, every year she makes it a sweater, and mine's always maroon. So he's complaining. I mean, I know he, and, like, I don't think it's him being, I mean, it's him being slightly ungrateful, but I think that a part of it is he, like, takes it for granted, and I think that's the point of yeah. like, having him say this, is that he very clearly takes, having like, his family for granted, and he loves them, but it's not the same, like, novelty because he always gets a maroon sweater. He always gets presents on Christmas, so it's not as, like, And she always forgets he
1: doesn't, like, ham or Or corned beef. beef. or Yeah, Yeah. but it's, like, give her a break. She's got a lot of kids, and even if she is knitting these sweaters with magic, like, she's still knitting. That's not, like, nothing. No, not at all. You know? But, yeah, so then I love this part because... Oh no! I'm going. I'm going way too fast. But so then his next present contained candy for a large box of chocolate frogs from Hermione. Open those up, and you'll figure out who Nicholas Flamel is. Anywho, that's true. Something fluid. Oh, and then with his last parcel, it was very light. He unwrapped it. Something fluid and silvery gray went slithering to the floor, where it laid gleaming in gleaming folds. Ron gasped. I've heard of these. That's an invisibility cloak. It's really rare and really valuable.
0: And so Harry um, puts it on, and so basically he's just a floating head. And then, Ron, there's a note. A note fell out of it. So Harry pulls off the cloak, seizes the letter, and written in loopy handwriting he had never seen before was Your father left this in my possession before he died. It is time it was returned to you. Use it well. A very Merry Christmas to you.
1: In your um, book, that's British, does it say a very Happy Christmas?
0: I'm not sure. I can't remember. No. Hashtag Hollow. Also, <laughs> Dumbledore the Harry Stand. I mean, part of it, like he explains it later, um, I believe, in the King's Cross um, chapter in Deathly Hollows about how he really gave it because he didn't want he wanted to, like, give up that power. Like, it was still the Hollow's, like, debate or, like, debacle with him. Mm -hmm. And I think he was like, I need to step away from this. So part of it was that, and I think he was mostly keeping it so that he could, like, give it to Harry when he was, like, old enough to even know what that was. At the same time, I feel like this is probably not the best time to give him an invisibility cloak. We can talk about that later when that comes up.
1: Um, Thunder does what he wants.
0: He does what he wants. And that's totally fine. So, like, part of it is him being, like, a Harry stan, but also, like, it's a real, like, a very real, like, Reason for him, yeah. getting rid of he's like giving it to Harry so that he's no longer tempted to like keep it, um, because of his own past. So yeah, um, then there's no signature. He's like gives it to him anonymously, which makes sense because like as a professor, you probably shouldn't give your kids like
1: an invisibility in, cloak
0: or like any present at all if you're gonna yeah. keep like especially as like a headmaster. <laughs> that's kind of yeah yeah. And this is the only present that Dumbledore ever gives him, and technically it's not really a present. It's just like giving him something mm. that's already his. But still, it makes more sense for him to keep it anonymous.
1: Yeah. Um, and we see this, hand, this loopy handwriting again later yeah. in the series. So Ron says, I'd give anything for one of these. Anything. What's the matter? Nothing. Harry felt very strange who had sent him the cloak and had it really once belonged to his father. Before he could say anything else, the dormitory door flung open and Fred and George bounded in. Harry stuffed the cloak quickly out of sight. He didn't feel like sharing it with anyone else yet.
0: And that's just, like, a part of his, like, emotional, like... You know, his emotional state at that moment because it reminds him a lot of his parents and, like, he doesn't know anything about them. So it's, like, exciting but also sad at the same time. And he, and he doesn't, doesn't get like, a
1: chance. Like He doesn't... He wants to give himself a chance to sort through those feelings without all of the...
0: Oh, my God, it's an invisibly close. Yeah. So awesome. You sad can already see, like... See. Yeah, like, the way
1: that, like, Ron already has this kind of, like... I mean, he's happy for Harry, but it also sounds a little tinged with jealousy. Like, I'd give anything for one of those. Right. Anything. And it's not, yeah, and
0: it's just based on, like, perspective and, like, where you're coming from. Like, again, yeah. Ron, like, you know, his family is poor, but he's still, like, he, he has his family. He's, like, yeah. taking a lot for granted that Harry, like, he has a lot of things that Harry doesn't have. Yeah. Um, and so, actually, this just reminded me of something that's actually really good. Um, like, connection so this reminds me of like when I went to Ghana and so we went to the um like the dungeons we were at Cape Coast so Mm -hmm. we went to the dungeons there um and so it's an interesting thing so like this is kind of on a larger scale but so right outside so we went through the dungeons where like Africans like our ancestors were taken um and like packed into there and like beaten and tortured and like raped and all these horrible things happening and like being in that space and learning about that um you know it's like it's traumatizing and it's like very like rough emotionally and like mentally um but then I go outside and there are like little kids and like people asking for money and they're like all in your face and like can I get like Mm I need you know because they know that you're American and they know that you or at least they perceive you to have money um and you do, you have more money than they do. But in that moment, it's very interesting because there's a disconnect, right? So it's like, who has the most privilege in that moment? Do I have privilege because I like financially am able to like mm-hmm. make this trip, even though I got I got to go for free? But like financially I have more I'm privileged. But in that moment, me coming out of the dungeons with all like my historical trauma and like history, um, And not knowing my culture and not knowing, like, where my family came from and all these kinds of things, um, that's a different privilege that they have. And in that moment, I was pissed. I was (laughs) like, like I can't even, like, deal with this right now because I'm in a whole other space. And so I understand, like, Harry, um, while this is, like, more of, like, a, it's a smaller level of that is, like, not having your family and, um, while Harry does have money and he has, like, that particular like privilege over ron and so a part and i feel like part of that is what's tinged with that's part of the jealousy from ron is like oh like somebody was able to afford to give you an invisibility cloak or like it was your father's he was able to afford to get an invisibility cloak my parents can't do that um but at the same time it's like you have parents
1: though (laughs) yeah and you're not getting the second hand from some stranger like right, where I would much rather direct
0: connection, and
1: and I think too at, at that moment, like you said, I'm sure that Harry would much rather get a Weasley sweater given to him by Lily, right, and just been celebrating Christmas
0: with his with his parents exactly. than getting this
1: invisibility cloak, which is awesome and cool and valuable, yes, but
0: or even just getting the cloak passed down directly from his father, yeah. So um, and
1: he's also trying to like you know it's it brings up it's the first time that we bring into we bring his parents back up in in a in a time that is reserved for families right, like
0: exactly yeah
1: the Weasleys are not with their parents but he's still like Ron is still like a, two feet away from three brothers mm-hmm. and. It's great that they've kind of, like, adopted Harry as part of their own, but he's still not a Weasley. Exactly. He's not—he doesn't have that family. He's not staying at Hogwarts because his parents are going to Romania, and so it's easier, it's more convenient. Mm-hmm. He's staying at Hogwarts because it's either that or go home to the Dursleys and get ignored and abused. Exactly. So, um— in the moment of, like, yeah, Ron, like, Harry's got this really great present, and you're really, like, jealous of that, um, take a step back and think about what you have versus what he doesn't have, which I think is really, like, true from what you were saying in the terms of, like, two sets of privileges and which one, in that moment, deserves more privilege acknowledgement i right. guess mm-hmm. um because they're
0: both they're both like important yeah um and in some moments one i feel like in certain moments one is like more important than the other like some like hair, like ron not having a wand like that yeah not having his own wand that has chosen him and harry being able to just pay for that in that moment harry's like privilege is clearly like the one or we can
1: even prominent. get to like the goblet of fire when like this really shows up when um Because Ron also has a lot of pride and he takes pride in the fact that like, yeah, they may not have a lot of money, but he's no one's charity case. So he Mm -hmm. gives, he tries to pay back Harry for snacks or something um, that Harry bought out of the kindness of like, he didn't expect to be paid back. He didn't want to be paid back. But um, Ron pays him with leprechaun gold, gold, which disappears and Harry didn't even notice. Right. And so that, like, struck the thing with Ron. It was like, oh, you have so much money that you don't even notice that when I paid you back... It, it wasn't it, there. It wasn't there. Exactly. That is a time when, like, Harry has to walk that fine line and be re- and recognize the, that privilege. Mm-hmm. But this is a time, and and I think to a larger extent as they get older, like, even if Ron gets jealous of the money factor... He still needs to remember that like Harry didn't choose that and would happily trade in the money for, for his family.
0: family. Oh yeah, and I think he forgets that. I a think lot. he
1: forgets that a lot. Oh yeah. Um, because like you said, he takes his family for granted. He doesn't love them any less or whatever, but it's they they've always been there. Mm-hmm. And you see this come up in Deathly Hollows, where he like starts to really understand like what. what yeah. It feels like to not be able to just like turn around and have your family with you, mm-hmm. which is you know, and even then he lashes out at Harry, which right. like Ron's We're, got some some, got some emotional things. issues. Cool. But um, um, yeah, it's a really interesting moment. But I do want to turn to
0: Fred and George. Fred and awesome. George,
1: who are awesome, they're the best, and how they quickly. I mean, it's a little bittersweet for Harry, and it's a little annoying because ron doesn't appreciate it but you have to give cut him some slack because he's 11 but fred and george walk in wearing their sweaters with a large yellow f and the other one with a g they're blue sweaters harry has harry's is better than ours though said fred holding up harry's sweater she obviously makes more of an effort if you're not family why aren't you wearing yours ron And Ron's like, I hate Maroon, moaning half-heartedly as he pulled it over his head, but he's still wearing his.
0: Oh, and George goes, "Um, you haven't got a letter on yours. I suppose she thinks you don't forget your name, but we're not stupid. We know we're called Gred and Forge.
1: They're so cute. Um, And then Percy walks in like, what's all this noise? And he had clearly gotten halfway through unwrapping his sweater. And Fred and George were like, P for Prefect, get it on Percy, come on, we're all wearing ours, even Harry has one. And it's, like, very much a family moment. And then he's, like, and don't even think about... And you're not sitting with the prefects today, either, said George. Christmas is a time for family. So, it's, like, and even they, though they
0: make fun of him, um, they still love each other. And that's, yeah. like, the main point And that the point of this, like, like,
1: is, like... Even as Ron is, like, oh, we only get these sweaters. Like, these sweaters are also a point of pride for them. Like, they're, like... I think we kind of talked about this. Like, I love socks. I'm like Dumbledore in this way. Um, my mom gets me socks. Like, just sometimes because she's thinking about me. And then for, like, Christmas, this Christmas, she got me just a pack of owl socks. Like, owls, different colors, socks. I was in heaven. I still love them. I haven't even worn all of them yet. Some of them still have their little tags on them. But I still, I see them and they make me smile. Like, they, I just love them. And I love my mom because... Other people will be like, you got socks for Christmas? Like, that's it? But I'm like, but I love socks. And she goes out of her way. And it's also, like, it's a good thing now that I'm older and I don't need, like, the fancy toys or whatever. Right. That she goes out of her way to be like, okay, well, she loves socks and she also loves owls. I'm like, oh, look at this. Like, this is, like, Mm -hmm. doubly the thing, you know. And it's a small thing, but it... Like, I think at this point, if I woke up on Christmas Day and I didn't have socks, I would be more upset if, like, my mom bought me a car or a house or something and didn't include the socks. I'd be like, but I don't have no socks, though. (laughs) Because it's, like,
0: it's it's
1: become a tradition and it's become something that I, like, love and look forward to. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't cost you, like, anything. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm actually wearing booties that my mom knitted me herself because I have a cold and she hates that I don't wear socks and I'd go around barefoot when I'm at home. So she knitted me booties and I'm wearing them and it's like, you know, I'm an adult, but I got the flu and I wanted my mama and she wasn't here. So I'm wearing the booties that my mom knitted me. And like, it's a small thing, but it like just reinforces that feeling of family. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to take a time and just like shout out family. Shout out to family. And shout out to like not taking for granted the things that they do for you even if they're not even if it's not an invisibility cloak and it's just a maroon sweater and you don't like the color maroon, like love it anyway. Right. You know? So Harry never in all of his life had such a Christmas dinner. A hundred fat roast turkeys, mountains of roast and boiled potatoes, platters of chipolatas which, what are triple lattes? Mm. I want one. <laughs> Turkins of buttered peas. No thanks, I'll pass. Silver boats of thick, rich gravy and cranberry sauce, and stacks of wizard crackers every few feet along the table.
0: I wonder how many people are like at this dinner.
1: That's what I was thinking That's too. A lot I was of like, a hundred fat roasted turkeys. Like, how many people stayed at Hogwarts over Christmas? So, and then I also wonder like, we don't get to see it, and I think Minerva's husband is passed on by this point, but like, if the teachers that live in Hogsmeade around the castle, like, bring their families.
0: Oh, right. Maybe.
1: You know, because they are close, and so they're like, instead of having Christmas dinner with my family at home, let's have Christmas dinner with my family at Hogwarts.
0: Right. Um, that makes sense. The food's good. You don't have to cook. You don't have to clean up after you just yeah.
1: take. Just chill. It's and pretty, then, like,
0: yeah.
1: But, you know, I wonder, because this is a lot of food. Um, This is one thing that British people do that I love and I wish that we did here. And I tried to get my family to wear um, paper crowns one time and they were just like, what? And it didn't happen, but it should happen because it's awesome. So the crackers, the wizard crackers that they have at Hogwarts didn't just bang. They go off with a blast like a cannon and engulf them with a cloud of blue smoke while the inside exploded a rear admiral's hat and several live white mice, which is kind of weird, but okay.
0: Um, up at the high table, Dumbledore had swapped his pointed wizard hat for a flowered bonnet and was chuckling merrily at a joke Professor Footwork had just read to him. He's awesome. He's so awesome. Pretty much.
1: Flaming Christmas pudding followed the turkey. Percy nearly broke off his teeth with a silver sickle embedded in his slice. Percy got more money in pudding than Harry got from the Dursleys. It's true. But, not all. you know. Hagrid
0: was getting redder and redder in the face and he, as he called for more wine. Finally kissing Professor McGonagall on the cheek. Who, to Harry's amazement, giggled and blushed, her top hat lopsided.
1: McGonagall is tipsy. Ah, oh, love it. When Harry finally <laughs> left the table, he was laden down with a stack of things out of those crackers, including a pack of non explodable luminous balloons, a grow-your-own-warts kit, and his own new wizard chest set.
0: Why would you want to grow your own warts?
1: Because then you could grow warts and put them on non I guess. <laughs> Seems it's so
0: it's random, um, but it makes sense. The same and then time. this
1: part is really sad. The white mice had disappeared, and Harry had a nasty feeling they were going to end up at Mrs. Norris' Christmas dinner. But Mrs. Norris works hard. She deserves a good Christmas I was gonna dinner. I
0: would say, and mice are not really like sanitary
1: so i mean and you know it's a, it's a circle of life true
0: and it moves us all
1: yeah um so then they the weasley spent a happy afternoon in a furious snowball fight on the ground then cold wet and gasping for breath they return to the fire in the gryffindor common room where they broke out a new chess set by losing spectacularly
0: To Ron.
1: I to to and then no <laughs>
0: Jeez. um okay Um, and so basically it had been Harry's best Christmas day ever, yet something had been nagging at the back of his mind all day, not until he climbed into bed and was free to think about it, the invisibility cloak, and whoever had sent it. Um, Ron was exhausted, so he fell asleep, um, then Harry went and pulled out the cloak, his father's, this had been his father's, um, and then he's, like, staring at it, and then he decides, like, he had to try it now. He slipped out of bed and wrapped the cloak around himself. Looking down at his legs, he saw only moonlight and shadows. Suddenly, Harry felt wide awake. The whole of Hogwarts was open to him in this cloak. That is super. That's like classic James. Yeah. He was like, "What am I doing?" Oh, Now I'm exploring. It's against
1: the rules. <laughs> and like hand. he gets like energized by the fact. Exactly. by He's the back. Like, oh, we're doing. He was it. like we're super, exploring. super heavy, like food coma. And then he was like, "Oh, oh, nope." Um, I like this part. Um, Ron grunted in his sleep. Should Harry wake him? Something held him back. His father's cloak. He felt that this time, the first time, he wanted to use it alone. And I like, oh, my heart like, yeah, because it's like, yeah, this is like his connection to his father. And it's something that like, he shares a lot with uh, Ron and Hermione, um, especially when it comes to finding out things about his past. A lot of times he's finding them out when they're with them there, mm-hmm. or he's sharing it with them right away. So I think it's really special that he decides, like, no, I want to have this moment, like, me and my dad. Yeah. Um. um
0: but then, of course, he decides he's going to the restricted, sec- the restricted section in the library, which is Hermione has been rubbing off on him clearly. Because when you, like, the whole of Hogwarts to exploring, for like, library, like, I would Jesus, do that. I would do that. But it. Harry, that just seems like, that just seems funny to me. But the library is so... It's great. And I'm not saying, it just seems like... If they didn't have to go, if they weren't looking if for was Nicholas Harry, Flamel. I,
1: if they weren't looking for Nicholas Flamel, I feel like Harry would go get on a broomstick and fly around right. invisible and exactly. people out. Or something. Something like that. But yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah. So the restricted section in the library, he would be able to read as long as he liked, as long as it took to find out who Flamel was. The library was pitch black and very eerie. Harry lit a lamp to see his way along the books, the rows of books. The lamp looked as if it was floating around. Al- along in mid-air, and even though Harry could feel his arms pointing it, sight gave him the creeps.
0: Sounds so cool. Yeah. Um, so, so he's like looking for the books, he can't really find anything, um, he had to start somewhere, setting a lamp down carefully on the floor, he looked, he looked along the bottom shelf for an interesting looking book. A large black and silver volume caught his eye. He pulled it out with difficulty because it was very heavy and balancing on his knee. Let it fall open. um, A piercing, blood-curdling shriek split the silence. The book was screaming. Why? For why? He didn't... Books have no chill. He
1: didn't tickle it in the right spot or or caress it or ask permission to open it. Something. Um, Harry snapped it shut, but the shriek went on and on, one high, unbroken, ear-splitting note. He stumbled backwards and knocked over his lamp, which went out at once. Panicking, he heard footsteps coming down the corridor outside. Stuffing the shrieking book back on the shelf, he ran for it. He passed Filch in the doorway. Filch's pale, wild eyes looked straight through him, and Harry slipped under Filch's outstretched arms, arm and streaked off up the corridor, the book shriek still ringing in his ears. Like, that book was howling. Yeah. Um,
0: he comes to a halt in front of a suit of armor. Um, he didn't know where he was going, so now he's lost.
1: He knew so- that there was a suit of armor near the kitchen, but he must be five floors above there. Right.
0: So... Um, then Filch, so then he says, you asked me to come directly to you, professor, if anyone was wandering around at night and somebody's been in the library, restricted section. So basically we know at this point that Snape is trying to get Filch to, like, low-key, uh, like, spy on Quirrell, but I feel like if Filch actually, like, without, with that, like, little information, I feel like if Filch had seen Quirrell, like, he would have just been like, okay, it's a professor. Yeah. Unless, unless Snape was, you know, was super clear or something. I don't know.
1: I don't think it, he was very clear because you don't, I think, as much as Filch wants to feel a part of something, he would still be like, "Why are we spying on a coral? I'm on not doing feet. that." Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's interesting. But um, anyway, um, Snape replies, "The restricted section. Um, well, they can't be far. We'll catch them." So Harry, like, is terrified. Um, but they go oh. past him, um, and he backs away as quietly as he could. A door stood ajar to the left. I wrote, "Is this the room of requirement?"
1: It. I. I wasn't I'm not sure. Totally sure.
0: I think. I never thought about it being the room requirement until, so, like, I think I saw something where, like, they mentioned that it probably was. But then there's no other like markers other than like a suit of armor, and I don't think that's like a general. Yeah, so it but could be and that, also like, she didn't have it like the, totally. The
1: way that um, the room of requirement is described here, and like you said, it, that she didn't have the room of requirement totally filled out in her head when this book, and it became mm-hmm. more um, flushed out as the books go along, but. It looked like an unused classroom. The dark shapes of desks and chairs were piled against the walls, and there was an upturned wastepaper basket. But propped against the wall facing him was something that didn't look as if it belonged there. Something that looked as if someone had just put it there to keep it out of the way. And in the room of requirement, I feel like if you're not look, if you're just looking for a place to hide, it just shows up and it shows you everything. Like-
0: well, I think okay, so yes, and I just that, and then I just thought of something else as you were reading it. So I think part of it is that he's looking for a place to hide but, at and also, like, the room requirement, it doesn't, like, I know in the movies, it shows up with, like, the same door, but here, it's just like, oh, like, for Dumbledore, it was a bathroom door, or, like, for him, it's like, oh, we're going into, um, the junk spot, or, like, we're going into a room that we can practice in for the DA. This is, like, on top of it being a place for him to hide, it's also a place for him to meet, to, like, see his family, um, which is a desire that he's been having in this entire chapter, um, and so the fact that if this is the room of requirement, it would make sense because he's stepping into a room that and will give that will of show Arisad with the mayor just... that will show his deepest desires, and we already know that that desire is to is his family. Yeah, um, so it's like kind of like layered. Like, I need a place to hide ASAP, but also like this other thing that's been I've been dealing with. Yeah, so it's just um,
1: below the surface, and the room can probably read that from him. And right, gives him a place to go, and also a place that he can. See his family. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think when he goes to hide the book in Half-Blood prints and then when they go looking for the diadem, it's just a room packed with stuff that's given mm-hmm. to stash.
0: Exactly. And
1: so it's, um, which is good because then it's harder for people to find the thing that that one exactly. student has stash. Um, when they use it for the DA, it's laid out. It's
0: just empty and empty like and books when yeah. they need it and like that kind of thing.
1: And mats and things, yeah. When
0: Winky needs to cure her hangover and sleep it off, she can sleep it off in there. Yeah.
1: In her little elf-sized bed. Oh, Winky. Um, I love Winky. Yeah. Anyway, let's go move on. So, um, it was a magnificent mirror as high as the ceiling with an ornate gold frame standing on two clock feet. There was an inscription carved around the top. said Stra-eru. Ut ube kafru ut on which basically just says, I show not your face but your heart's desire backwards and the spaces are messed up. Yeah. And when I figured that out, my mind was blown. <laughs> it took me a while. I think I didn't figure it out, actually. I think I was I was told that by Net or something like that. Yeah. But
0: I was like, damn. It's awesome. Right, exactly. It's awesome. Um, so Harry moves to the mirror. Um, he had to clap his hands to his mouth to stop himself from screaming. He whirled around. His heart was pounding far more furiously than when the book had screamed, for he had not only seen himself in the mirror, but a whole crowd of people standing right behind him. Um, but the room was empty. So it takes him a minute to figure out what's happening, Like that the, that the people are only in the mirror and not behind him.
1: Yeah, he um, looked over his shoulder, but still there was no one there. Yeah. Or were they all invisible, too? Right. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. You ain't no radar. <laughs> um,
0: so he's just trying. Yeah. So he's trying to figure out what's happening, and then he notices, um, the woman. She was a very pretty woman. She had dark red hair and her eyes. Her eyes are just like mine. Harry thought, edging a little closer to the glass, and then she's like smiling and crying, and then he sees the tall, thin, black-haired man standing next to her, put his arm around her. He wore glasses, and his and his hair was very untidy. It stuck up in the back, just like just as Harry's did.
1: Mum, he whispered. Dad? They just looked at him smiling, and slowly Harry looked into the faces of the other people in the mirror, and saw other pairs of green eyes like his, other noses like his, and even a little old man who looked as though he had Harry's knobbly knees. I wrote grandfather? Right. Harry was looking at his family for the first time in his life.
0: Hashtag no Dursleys.
1: No Dursleys. But there are... Evans's and Potter's. Right, because she calls it
0: the Potter's, but there has to be Evans. In there. Evans's too. That sounds like um, Baggins's. Baggins's.
1: The Potter smiled and waved at Harry, and he stared hungrily back at them. His hands pressed flat against the glass as though he was hoping to fall right through it and reach them. He had a powerful kind of ache inside him. Half joy, half terrible sadness. Every time I read this.
0: It's like, oh my gosh.
1: Gut-wrenching.
0: Breaking my heart.
1: How long he stood there, he didn't know. The reflections did not fade, and he looked and looked until a distant noise brought him back to his senses. He couldn't stay here. He had to find his way back to bed. He tore his eyes away from his mother's face, whispered, I'll come back, and hurried from the room. So then he, the next day, is telling Ron, and Ron is like, you could have broken me up, he said crossly. You can come tonight. I'm going back. I want to show you the mirror. I'd like to see your mum and dad, Ron said eagerly, which is really sweet. Yeah, but said, like
0: and then Harry goes, and I want to see all your family, all the Weasleys. You'll be able to show me your older your other brothers and everyone. Um
1: You can see them any old times that Ron just come round my house this summer, which is like cute, but also
0: Again, they're not special
1: to him Yeah.
0: like he's like, Why would you want to see my family? Um
1: So but Harry like is still He's having an
0: emotional like day. He stepped
1: back at the mirror. He couldn't eat.
0: eat.
1: He'd seen his parents and would be seeing them again tonight. He had almost forgotten about Flamel and it didn't seem very important anymore. Who cared what the three headed dog was guarding? What did it matter if Snape stole it really? Which is like something that you should have came to, Harry, but also like Now it's also a train of thought. Sorry. Something that... It's okay. My train of thought is easily lost to these days. Um, something that you should have came to earlier about, like, not caring about Nicholas Femel, but also, like, you can't just stop caring about everything. Exactly. Which we will be and told in a much more poetic way in a yep. few moments.
0: Um, so then, um, what Harry feared most was that he might not be able to find the mirror again, um... But him and Ron, they, they search around um, and figure it out. Um, and then, okay, so then they get to the mirror. There they were, his mother and father beaming at the sight of him. See, Harry whispered, I can't see anything. Look, look at them all. There are, there are loads of them. I can only see you. Look in it properly. Go on, stand where I am. Um, Harry steps aside, um, but with Ron in the front of the mirror, he can't see his family anymore, just Ron in his paisley pajamas um ron though was staring transfixed at his image (laughs) um look at me he said can you see all your family standing around you no i'm alone but i'm different i look older and i'm head boy what i am i'm wearing the badge like bill used to and i'm holding the house cup and the quidditch cup i'm quidditch captain too do you think this mirror shows the future how can it all my family are dead let me have another look you had it to yourself all, all last night. Give me a bit more time. So they're just like, oh, you're only holding the Quidditch cup. What's interesting about that? I want to see my parents. So in this moment, it's like a a clash. And this one is like a little bit different because like before we we're talking about like what's more important. Um, but here it's like, these are both of their deepest desires. And so of course to each of them, theirs would be they're more important. important. They're important. equally important. Because yeah. these are the things like, Ron really wants to stand out from his family. And that's like a thing that's, and I guess both are kind of, kind of um, technically like connected to their families, and like Ron feeling overshadowed by them, and the whole point of, and that's I think that's part of why he like takes them for granted. Is, is he's like, yeah, they're all we have a lot of them. They're always there, and they're, but always, I, and they're always like around. And they're always doing so great. So he has like a lot of pressure as well. And they're always feel,
1: doing something first,
0: exactly. And so, what am I gonna do? And how am I going to stand out? And how am I going to be like feel like some kind of sense of self worth self worth? Whereas Harry like I, my family like I've never met, I don't, know, I don't them. know them other than like the three that are horrible and terrible mm-hmm. to me. And so they just like it's an interesting like complicated thing where it's like these are both very important things to the both of them. And I don't necessarily think one is more important than the other. It's just like things that are. I don't know, they inform their character. Yeah, I mean that. I
1: think it um it's very easy to say like Harry's is more important. Exactly. Um, just because it it comes from a place of loss and I think like it while this is Ron's deepest desire to be felt, um, to find sense of worth within his family and um it's not a small thing, it does kind of also betray the sense that to Ron, your worth is in what you've done and doing it first and doing it better. And it's this, like, sort of competition thing that um, I don't think is actually important to his family, actually. Like, no, it's
0: totally it's like, self-imposed. Don't, it's,
1: it's, yeah, it's completely self-imposed. I don't think that, like, the twins care whether or not Ron is prefect or head boy right. or even makes the Quidditch team, like they're happy when he makes the Quidditch team because they know that he wanted that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they would be just as happy if he went on to just be, you know, the vice president of Spew, but, you know, he was happy. They just want, and that's what they want for everyone. So I think in terms of, like, right now, it's easy to kind of say that Harris is more important or more... That Ron's is a little bit more um, like shallow or superficial, yeah. but it's very important to Ron to make something of himself, which is not shallow or superficial. No, and the other thing is, like, Just it's the way that, a magical mirror. Yeah. And
0: so, I think when, like, Dumbledore explains it, that like it shows, like, your deepest desires, and you can get caught up in this mirror, a part of that is, like, yeah, you're seeing, like, how you, like, like, you know, what you want most in the world, but at the same time, there's some magical aspect of it that I'm, I'm sure that, like, pulls you in, like, quite literally.
1: Yeah, um, because, um, you know, he says, like, people have wasted like away. All, exactly. Because, and they're it's trying to figure like, it out. Like, mm-hmm. how do I get
0: that? Exactly. But it's, like, figuratively and, like, literally, I'm sure there's some kind of magic that is made, because, like, otherwise, why would they be fighting?
1: Yeah. I mean, but I do think that there's something in seeing you, seeing yourself having these things that you've the dreamed thing that of. you
0: want the most. Yeah, and, you know,
1: and it's also, like, one of those weird things because as it's, it only, it shows your d- desires as they are right now. I'm pretty sure that if, 30-year-old Harry went back and stood in front of the mirror, it'd be, it might different. be different, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe um, his parents would still be there, but you know, Sirius would also be there. Um, and Remus, and Taunts, and I'm just going to stop now because I'm making Diana really sad, I'm making myself really sad. But also, if Ron looked in the mirror, he would probably see Fred. Sorry, but it's true, like, your desires change with your life, you know what I mean? Like, for a long time, I grew up thinking I wanted to be X and and I like went to college to study this and do all this. And then when I got to the point where I was starting to go down that path, I was like, this is fucking terrible. I don't want to do this. And like who I was when I decided that I wanted to be X was so different than who I was when I actually got the opportunity to do it, that it just didn't me- mesh up. But that doesn't take away the fact that if I could see myself in a very like, tangible way at that point in my life I wouldn't have been transfixed by it and then wanting very hard like wholeheartedly to hold on to that
0: right
1: so they start to argue a little bit louder and then um, they realize they hadn't realized how loudly they've been talking um, and I wrote arguing (laughs) right Um, but Ron threw the cloak over both of them as the luminous eyes of Miss Norris rounded the corner And Ron and Harry stood quite still, both thinking the same thing. Did the cloak work on cats? Which it seemed to. And Ron said, this isn't safe. She may have gone for Filch and pulled Harry out of the room.
0: Um, So then Harry is still having, like, he's having his emotional issues. So he wants to go back to the mirror. Um, and Ron is saying, I, I've just got a bad feeling about it. Anyway, you've had too many close shaves already. Filch, Snape, and Mrs. Norris are wandering around. So what if they can't see you? What if they walk into you? What if you knock over, knock something over? Um, and then Harry goes, you sound like Hermione. Um, but Ron says, I'm serious, Harry, don't go.
1: But also, um, like, Harry, go in the middle of the day. Like, go right now.
0: Too, yeah, I don't understand why he doesn't realize he can. you. You don't that.
1: have to go at night. Go right, right now. Doesn't.
0: It's probably safer. Um. Um, it's definitely safer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he goes back. Um, he finds his way more quickly than before. Um, he like just rushes to the mirror. Um, there was nothing to stop him from staying here all night with his family. Nothing at all, except. Um, so back again, Harry. Okay, so this is like the first real interaction that um, Harry has with Dumbledore um, in the series. So it's interesting because it kind of like starts off their relationship and like how that develops. Right now, it's just like he's. Like, the headmaster, he's, like, super whimsical and, like, a little weird and, like, strange and, like, wise and, you know, all the, like, kind of stereotypes or not even stereotypes, I mean, like, stereotypes, but also, like, it's a very one-dimensional view of Dumbledore, but it's coming from an 11-year-old. So, it's, like, what is your first impression of, like, the principal of your school who's also, like, the dope, like,
1: the most badass wizard ever in life? Like, Um, if your principal was Neil deGrasse Tyson basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She's like like a,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) She's like a badass Um, Marty.
0: Just like, Like, you
1: became a rock star from your brain.
0: Right. And so there's like, so yeah, so it's just like an interesting, um,
1: you know what I was thinking too, was like, what's really funny about that is when you said (laughs) that my brain was like, shit, you're right. This is actually the first time that like Harry as a fully formed person meets Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God damn it, Dumbledore is very overly familiar with Harry.
0: Oh yeah, that's Back true. Back
1: again, Harry. Like, you, hi, I'm Dumbledore. Or you know, like.
0: I mean, like obviously Harry knows it's Dumbledore. Like he's seen. Him no, every I know, day, but like
1: there isn't like um an acknowledgement of the fact that like.
0: Yeah, that they've never had like any other kind of interaction. That's definitely yeah. true. But I also think that it works only because it's Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, to be real, like <laughs> simple about it, um, he's. It's not like a strange like, you know, sometimes people come and talk to you and you're like, Yeah. Why? Um, but again, Harry has seen him for like these past four months. He like has heard really high things about like high things, that's right, right? Yeah. yeah. Like high like like high regards. High regards, that's the word. I was things didn't sound like the right time. <laughs> anyway, he's he's heard a lot about Dumbledore, um, and has like a very positive view of him. Um And at the same time, Dumbledore is like, you know, he's going to be his mentor. And so I think this kind of, like, foreshadows this, like, closeness.
1: I also think that Dumbledore, like, the way he um, is portrayed, and even right here, like, Harry was relieved to see that he was smiling. And, like, Harry's first time seeing Dumbledore, he was like, he's mad, but brilliant. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And he was happy, and he's smiling. And Dumbledore does, um, at least in these first books, give off a much more cheerful, grandfatherly yeah you know poppity, puck and twink or whatever the
0: odd uh oddball admit
1: and twink some t- twit, twitch or something like that yeah some tweak Teet whatever um <laughs> just like weird yeah like these afterwards. little weird things that make him quirky yet lovable. Yeah. And you know, some wizards and witches, usually Ravenclaws like me and Luna, we dig that and Miss Moon. <laughs>
0: No. miss moon um so yeah so um Harry he goes i i didn't see you sir strange how nearsighted being invisible can make you um so said dumbledore you like hundreds before you have discovered the delights of the mirror of erised i didn't know what it was called sir but i expect you've realized by now what it does it well it shows me my family and it showed your friend ron himself as head boy how did you know i don't need a cloak to become invisible
1: so cryptic, um so
0: cryptic. But you learn later he just has really strong disillusionment charm. So yeah, but... you know, he just <laughs> I mean, like, super cryptic now because we don't know a lot about magic, but like it's pretty simple. He's just a really strong wizard and he knows how to do a charm that <laughs> makes you like a chameleon and so quick, so close to it. He's so powerful that it's basically he's invisible. Um and he says, "Now, can you think of what the mirror of air er- said shows us all?" And so I think that's the other thing is, like, he turns it into a teaching moment. Yeah. Which actually reminds me a lot of my grandmother. Um, yeah. Because, like, you'll tell her something that, like, if you tell something that happened to you or, like, especially if it's, um, yeah, like, sometimes you'll just tell her, like, something happened and you're, like, really irritated about it or you're angry or whatever. And, like, she always goes back to, especially when I was younger, it's um, because she used to be the principal of my school. So I think that's <laughs> also the other thing is, like. Um, but she would also, she would always ask, like, what did you learn? What was the lesson from that? And I think yeah. that that's really important. It's like, especially for Harry in this moment is that like he's thinking so much about, um, like he's it's so, he's so emotional about it. And so I think, uh, Dumbledore kind of brings it back to like the intellectual, um, in a way that kind of like helps Harry to like separate himself from it. And so it's not as, yeah he's not as attached and so he's not as prone to just like waste away in front of the mirror. Yeah, and I
1: think also, like, Dumbledore knows and can see, like, not only just because of where we find out the mirror ends up, Mm -hmm. um, so he's got this in his head, like, oh, this would be a good use for this. Right. Um, But also he can see, like, I can't just, like, take this away and Harry goes back to normal and forget about it. Right. Like, he needs to be able to separate and realize what's happening and why when he comes back tomorrow, the mirror is not going to be there.
0: Exactly. Um, but also why was Dumbledore? Like, I'm trying to figure out how Dumbledore, cause Dumbledore was there when Harry first, like the first time Harry came and like, I understand the second two times, like the second and the third time, but why was, I'm curious like why he was there the first time, um, like to even see Harry come that, I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's just, like a lo- logistically, like what made him like be there. Um in the first place. See,
1: I thought and I read this as he came um the second time when Harry brought Ron and then just from their conversation realized that Harry had been there once before.
0: Got you, Or um, or he overheard them in the Great Hall because yeah. there aren't of people there and sound probably troubles.
1: And he just There's like yeah, or carries, he's yeah. Got, he's got extendable ears. Or saw them. But <laughs> well, not
0: yet, because Louise's haven't invented them yet. So.
1: <laughs> but, um, but yeah,
0: something of the sort.
1: So he says Um, let me explain the happiest man on earth would be able to use the mirror of era like a normal mirror that is he would look into it and see himself exactly as he is. Does that help? Um, Mm -hmm. And Harry says, so it shows us what we want, whatever we want. Yes. And no Dumbledore said quietly, it shows us nothing more or less than the deepest, most desperate desires of our hearts you who have never known your family see them standing around you ronald weasley who has always been overshadowed by his brothers sees himself standing alone the best of all of them however this mirror will give us neither knowledge or truth men have wasted away before it entranced by what they have seen or been driven mad not knowing if what they what it shows is real or even possible and i think that this is like such a good lesson like outside of this story and this world, it's like kind of like I'm taking it back to Hamilton a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you married an Icarus who flew too close to the sun. Like you have to keep your feet on the ground. Sometimes you have to like, it's great to have dreams. It's great to know what you want and know your desires Mm -hmm. and strive for them, but you can't get so stuck in thinking about what you want life to be that you don't actually make anything out of your life. Right, And like, It's really funny because I think even when I first read this and I was, like, 12 or 13, I I internalized that. I don't think I like, was that articulate. But I got that same lesson. Um, I probably wouldn't have been able to, like, say what the lesson was when I first read it. But um, I think it's amazing that this is something that's embedded in this book because it's so... Like, if you think about it, when you're 12 or when you're 13 and people are asking you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or when you're eight, when you first read this. Um,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a teacher. I want to be the queen of the world or, you know, whatever. And then you read this book and you're like, I have to constantly um, make sure that, like, I'm not just wasting away before this dream. And I'm, like, going out and making it happen. And also, like, growing as a person. And seeing, like, how my dreams change and take shape as I, you know, become a a more well-rounded person. Like, all of that in this sentence. Yeah. And I think it's really funny that, like, um, and we get to, like, Dumbledore's next sentence. But Joe really embeds a lot of life lessons through Dumbledore and what he says. And he's the one, like, if you go look up Harry Potter quotes or whatever, his he quotes are the the main, the main poetic, like...
0: Like life lessons. life
1: lessons, and he is that character in these books. But um, to give that kind of a lesson um, is just oh yeah, so good. Um, so Dumbledore continues by saying, "The mirror will be moved to a new home tomorrow, Harry, and I ask you not to go looking for it again. If you ever do run across it, you will now be prepared." And then here comes one of the most famous lines of all of Harry Potter, at least for me, I think for yeah, everyone. It is.
0: Yeah, it's one of them.
1: It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Remember that. Now, why don't you put that admiral cloak back on and get off to bed? Harry stood up. Professor Dumbledore, can I ask you something? Obviously, you've done, you've just done so, Pro- Dumbledore smiled. You may ask me one more thing, however. Ah! Um, <laughs> teaching moments. Words mean things, Harry. Um, what do you see when you look in the mirror? I i see myself holding a pair of thick woolen socks. Harry st- stared. One can never have enough socks, said Dumbledore. Another Christmas has come and gone, and I didn't get a single pair. People insist on giving me books.
0: <laughs> I love that line. I love
1: that. Like, and,
0: like, even though he's not technically telling the truth, I still think that's, like, telling because people are like, I have to get Dumbledore a present. What should I get him? He's so intelligent and wise. Let's get him a book. Like it's really yeah. like mechanical and not <laughs> like from the heart. It's very much yeah. so. Like this is what I think Dumbledore should like. And so, but it also I'm get him. kind of
1: reminds me of. Um, oh, I would love a book for. The is holidays. it Half Blood Prince? I want to say it's Half Blood Prince. Um, When he takes Harry to go get Slughorn, and he's like, can I take these knitting patterns? Oh, yeah. I love these. (laughs) It's definitely a part of of him that he enjoys. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, he likes woolen socks and knitting, and like, those go hand in hand. And like, so yeah, not telling the whole truth, but also like, as Harry says. It's still a part of his.
0: It's like, still a part of his. Yeah. Like, he's like, telling a... Like that's not his deepest desire. No. Like he's not lying when he says he likes socks. Like,
1: yeah. He's, like, he's giving... He's showing a bit of himself, which yeah. is really cute. And then I love that Harry's, like... It's only when Harry got back to bed that it struck Harry. Dumbledore may not have been quite truthful. Um, <laughs>
0: um, which is, like, of course... Part of it is, like, one, of course, like, Dumbledore is probably not going to tell this kid, like, yeah. his deepest desire ever. Um, Two what's interesting about the fact that he doesn't tell him is that their desires are very similar. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that I love about Deathly Hallows, um, not the movies because they do Dumbledore so dirty. In they movies, really do. But in the book, how they show how similar Harry and Dumbledore were growing up um, and Harry dealing with the fact that Dumbledore never like told him about that and never tried to identify with him in that way. Um, and so... It just kind of showed like there are a lot of similarities between the two that they kind of just like
1: leave unsaid. Yeah. But I, okay, so there's two things here. Um, I think, yeah, like Harry also didn't go to say, but then he thought as he shoved Scabbers off his pillow, it had been quite a personal question.
0: Scabbers, why are you on Harry's pillow? Yeah.
1: Back up. Seriously. Come on, Peter. Stay in your lane. Peter, go over to that Weasley bed.
0: Go away. um, Just go away for life,
1: though, (laughs) actually. Like,
0: don't even go back
1: to Ron. Just go away. We'll get there. Um, but I do think, like, for, while Dumbledore and Harry have very similar backgrounds and upbringings, the difference is that Dumbledore holds a sense of shame within his background Mm -hmm. and a sense of, um, I don't know the word, like, ownership or blame. Like, he feels, he feels to blame for a lot of what happened even though what happened with Ariana wasn't his fault directly, directly,
0: directly
1: um, but he, so I do see his reticence to share that with Harry. And it also is like, not exactly the same in that fact that like, even as Dumbledore dies, he blames himself for Ariana not being well enough to go to Hogwarts Mm -hmm. and control her magic. Um,
0: and her dying,
1: and her dying, um, all of those things. But I think
0: also Harry, like Harry's story, is is well known.
1: Yeah, and that so was where it's, I was going. No, yeah, it's he Harry. As much as um, as personal as Harry's story is, he's he not really He's it. not giving up anything of himself to share that because it was shared with the world before he ever got to say so. So like you said yeah he doesn't own that story. Um and I think while there are like there are a lot of things that Harry feels like he and Dumbledore could have connected on they actually did connect on those. He just didn't know why. Like Dumbledore did feel for him and was able to give him really good counsel on these things because of going through it himself. Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult to share those darker Less desirable things in your life when you know you've kept them to yourself for so long, and there's a sense of shame there. That um, Harry doesn't have that same sense of shame, exactly. and Harry or Dumbledore has to give up a lot of himself to share that story with mm-hmm. Harry.
0: Um, That's a lot for your first interaction with someone, especially with the age
1: difference and with the mentor mentee. And like, for example, this is completely not the exact same, but it's kind of the same. I'm four years younger than my brother, but when he was in high school, I was in junior high, and I would always go. I was in middle, I was in elementary school and middle school because you know middle school is two years. Yeah. Um, and I would always go to his high school and hang out when he was doing sports and stuff, and I became really close with, like, the trainer, because I, I wanted to be a trainer at one point. This is also what I'm talking about with, like, the Mirror of Arisette. When I was 11, I probably would have seen myself as a trainer, um, and then when I was 14 and I realized that trainers have to deal with a lot of blood, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I get to, like, hang out on the sidelines and be around sports, and it's awesome. Yeah. And, like, take people up and, like, learn about, like, how to make you a faster runner. And then I was like, oh, But if your knee pops open, I also have to deal with that. And that's gross. No, thank you. So, anywho, so I got really close to the trainer because I was really interested and I would like to go and like watch and tape the guys up and like watch like, you know, like whatever was happening there. Plus cute boys. woohoo, Win win. (laughs) Anyway, so when I got to call or when I got to the high school, I had the trainer as one of my teachers. He was my, actually, like, my health teacher, like, in a classroom, not just, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, hey, Rich. And then he'd be like, Mr. – I don't remember the name, but Mr. Jones would say. <laughs> um, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Because it's, like, a switch now. Yeah. Like, we're not – when I was, like, not going to that school and just, like, some snotty-nosed kid that was following my brother around, it was cool. I call him by his first name. He wasn't in, like, a professional capacity. We were, he just, like, humored me as, like, the little girl who thought his job was cool. Right. And then when it switched and I was, like, the student, he was the teacher. Like, there needed to be a level of separation and, like. Boundaries. Boundaries. And so I think Dumbledore recognizes that even with Harry, even though you're special and you're going through things and we're doing certain things, like, that I wouldn't do with other students and I give you more. Time mm-hmm. than I would give other students, and let give you a little bit more leeway than I would give other students. There still needs to be boundaries, you still can't like turn into Malfoy and be like, My father will have you know, Dumbledore will hear about this, That right. you, you can just like skate off and do whatever you exactly. want. Um, so that, I think that was also another reason why, um, they weren't able to share that. And I think that had Dumbledore lived and Harry lived. Maybe, like, you know, 20-year-old Harry and Dumbledore were talking about their past and things, but that just wasn't the way it went. So, who was your MVP?
0: Um, I said Molly, because she's awesome, and she gave Harry a present when she... She's just, like, a great, like... She's not even really in this book. Yeah. Um, but... She's a great every caretaker. Every time she is, she's, like, very um sweet and kind, and she does... She goes out of her way to... um take care of Harry, even though she doesn't have to. Um, And yeah, I just feel like, I mean, I wanted to say the Weasleys in general, because just like they were able to make Harry's Christmas a really enjoyable one. Um, Like shout out to Fred and George for hitting Voldemort in the face. Um, But then also just their like being very clearly like a loving and kind family and that being what Harry needed at that moment, despite also dealing with his own like personal family issues. Like, I feel like they really helped with, um, like, him dealing with, like, you know, helped him deal with that. Um, Because it wasn't like he was alone and having to deal with it on his own. He still had, like, the Weasleys around. So, Molly, but, like, parentheses all of the Weasleys.
1: (laughs) Dumbledore was my MVP, I think, because he dropped some life lesson bombs at the end of this chapter. Um, And also, I like the fact that he gave Harry the Invisibility Cloak, and he gives him Like, yeah, probably not the best idea knowing, and us knowing who Harry is, he's going to use that cloak to run around at night or whatever, but he gives Harry the autonomy to, like, make that decision for himself, you know? Like, he's not saying, hi, I'm Dumbledore, here's your invisibility cloak, do with it what you will. Right. He's saying, this belongs to you, and use it wisely. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he also gives Harry time with his family in front of the Mirror of Arisad, which is very special, but then notices and is able to pull him back when he thinks that it's becoming a problem. Right. And drop these life lessons that I personally...
0: I love them. I've yeah, like, I've been wanting to get a quote tatted for, like, the longest, mm-hmm. and I just can't figure out which one. There's so but many. Also, they're really long, too. And so yeah. then you're
1: like, all right, so
0: how much space do I have? I don't
1: want it to be huge. Um, um, but, yeah. yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, even just, it does not dwell... It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I completely, like, out of context, that quote has stuck with me because as an introvert, as someone with um, anxiety disorder and things and other disorders, (laughs) um, it's very easy for me to get stuck in my head and to live in my head and not, you know... So I have to remind myself all the time that it does not do to dwell in dreams and forget to live. And I have to force myself out of my apartment sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm 30 tears, but this quote has helped me as much as I think it helped Harry in this moment. So Dumbledore, parentheses, Joe, because you actually wrote it. Right. MVP.
0: Um who's benched. I said Snape mostly because um, he's, a problem he's a problem and like of all like in terms of the chapter overall everyone's been pretty pleasant you know so I feel like mm-hmm. Snape is the only one. Malfoy too but Snape is an adult. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's it's not really like a strong bench it's just <laughs> like of the people around.
1: You You are. probably
0: shouldn't playing the field right
1: now we don't need you yeah that's all. I um was going to bench Snape this is like one of the funnier things too because I feel like yeah. now that we are doing this podcast I feel like oh I need to do I need to be a little bit creative with who I bench and who yeah, I yeah sometimes NBC. I am and, other times and I'm then Mike, I'm like I don't
0: know <laughs> and then
1: I'm just like am I so this is one of those where I might be doing too much but um I benched Harry and Ron Ron because he should have given Harry more time in front of the mirror um Though, after our talking, I kind of do think that Ron's reason for wanting to be in front of the mirror is just as valid as Harry's. But then Harry, because he should have listened to Ron about staying away from the mirror and he should have um and also like he should he should have listened to Hermione and everyone and just like, you know, slow your roll. like yeah. you are lucky, you get away with certain things. But just because you have gotten away with them in the past doesn't mean that that's the right thing to do. And so just because you can, just because you can do it, doesn't mean you should do it. Basically. Yeah. So Harry, on that for, for that of just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And Ron, for the multiple times when he was froggy and a taking his family not only taking his family for granted but taking Harry's pain for granted. Yeah. Um, that's why I benched them. And you could. Have the argument that I was reaching, and I will probably yield to that. But you know, I don't think so. Snape is perpetually like he's
0: he's even if he's not around, he can be benched. Like (laughs) yeah, I mean
1: that was like he's probably doing
0: some shit. Like if we if
1: we're gonna go like meta, like Snape, I can bench. Every week, and we can have that conversation. We can find a reason, even but, when the Dursley's
0: are around, we can find a reason to bench Snape.
1: Yeah, and we I mean, find a I'm just to, trying bench to... to
0: Dursley's for giving him 76 cents.
1: 76 cents, like,
0: why not even a dollar?
1: Why, what was the point? I mean,
0: like, pay hey, 50 pence, but like, not even a like, because round 50
1: that pence doesn't buy crap either.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: You gotta hog me, and they'll laugh you out of there, like,
0: you gotta <clears throat> like a. I don't know, a regular... go to 7-Eleven,
1: and they'll be like, what are you supposed to, what what am I doing this? with this? Why? Where's the other 50 pence?" Right. Uh, I can't do nothing for less than a dollar. Nope. Um, this is 1997, but still. I mean, maybe you get one of those little candies, you know, they have by the jar, like the throwaway. Right. Like, oh, I'm just doing this at an impulse buy. That's it. So, yeah. Could bench the Dursleys, could always bench the Dursleys, could always bench Snape. Trying to be a little creative, I benched Harry and Ron, uh, made Dumbledore my MVP. So that is the end of Chapter 12, The Mirror of said, Join us next week for Chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel. We are getting so close. We're
0: so close. We only have four more episodes until um, we watch the movie and we'll live tweet it and there'll be plenty of other, like, we'll explain that later because right now it's still like a whole month out. We don't need to do yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so we're, we'll be doing that and then... In the new year, we're going to start Chamber of Secrets and make our, you know, go along our merry way. Um, make sure to let us know your thoughts. Tell um, us who
1: you've bench and who is your real MVP. Yeah.
0: And you can hashtag wizard team, um, at we Black and Nerds. Um, if you want, sometimes people have like specific comments for like one of, for like one of us. Um, so Robin underscore Ravenclaw, Robin with a Y, yes. um, And Yana underscore hollows, um, as in deathly hollows, not like hollow tree. Um,
1: (laughs) Not like sleepy hollows. Right, that too. But but deathly hollows. My goodness. Um, Um, And thank you guys so much for sticking it out with us and listening to my gross flu written voice. But, you know, I got the pox, y'all. I got the dragon pox. Um, Shout out to my best friend Theo, who's Peruvian, who probably gave it to me. (laughs) So I'm a problem. Okay. Thank you, and we will talk to you or talk at you next Wednesday.